stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Hey, what's going on? Dodgers Nation, Doug McCain here. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. We've got the latest Julio Urias rumors coming up in just a second. But first, for all things Dodger baseball, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and if you really want to support the channel, smash that like button. And as always, I want your takes down below in the comment section. Today's Dodgers Nation questions of the day. One, who do you think is the biggest threat to sign Julio Urias? And two, do you think the Dodgers should sign him. Is he a must sign? Would you give him 10 years? Would you give him a massive contract? Let me know down below. And for all latest Dodgers news, head over to DodgersNation.com. So it's been a rocky start for Julio Urias so far in 2023. Julio does not look like the Urias, and this is supposed to be his big season, his contract year, his platform year, where if he put together another Cy Young-ish season, he could sign a contract in excess of $250-plus million. When you consider his age, when you consider how effective he's been on the mound for the past few seasons, it was supposed to be a coronation of year where he signs that big bag. And Yes, he's had some solid starts mixed in here. He went seven, had 10 punches in the Dodgers win against the Phillies where Max Muncy hit the walk-off grand slam. He's had some solid starts against the San Diego Padres, but for the most part, he just hasn't looked like the pitcher that we've seen in the past few seasons. And he's coming off a start against the St. Louis Cardinals where he was the first Dodgers pitcher to serve up four dingers in an inning since Ben Wade in 1954. And if you look at the home runs that he allowed, there was one common thread. The issue was fastballs, middle, middle, fastballs, middle cut, changeups, middle, middle, slurves, middle, middle. They were all in the heart of the plate, and that's been his issue this season. He's just simply not executing pitches. He's not working on the edges. He's not working up in the zone, and that is when you see Julio Urias at his best. It's when he's avoiding the heart of the plate. It's when he's down with the slurve. It's when he's changing eye levels with the four-seam fastball, and he's just painting the corners and working on the edges, and so far this season, lack of execution with his fastball command has really been his issue and opponents they're teeing off on his fastball so far this year they're hitting 283 slugging 543 they've hit six home runs off his fastball and the slurve still a solid pitch they're hitting 190 off it but look at that changeup opponents are hitting 344 off his changeup and slugging 844 you compare that to last year his changeup opponents are hitting 206 and they're we're slugging 298. So that's a pitch that's been very effective for Julio in the past, and it's an essential part of his success. You have to have the depth. You have to have the feel for that changeup for him to be an elite-level starter. And so far this season, he's already served up five bombs off that changeup. Last year, opponents hit just two total for the entire season. In the home run ball, it's been an issue as well. His 228 home runs per nine is already more than double what it was last year in the 14 home runs he's allowed is tied for first in all of Major League Baseball. We've seen multiple instances this year where teams have had multiple home runs in one inning against Julio and it's becoming a problem. I think one thing that he has to realize is yes, when you give a home run, we love the confidence. We love the fire. We love that dog, but still, you don't want to just throw a few fastballs against opponents right down the heart of the plate. You have to understand that sometimes you don't have the feel for your stuff and your command is off and you have to be 
be aware of that. So I think that is another issue, too, is just the mindset out there on the mound and realizing that there are going to be some innings where you just don't have it. And if you look at his numbers as a whole, a 4-3-9 ERA so far this year, that's up. The FIP is up. If you look at his ERA home in a way, he has a 761 ERA on the road compared to a 199 ERA at home. And look, this is a guy that has a lot riding on this season, and I still believe that he can turn things around. I think we've seen flashes this year. I've seen enough from Julio in certain starts like the ones we mentioned earlier to realize that this guy hasn't fallen off. This guy is not washed or anything. He's still in the prime of his career. He just has to execute pitches. And like I said, it was evidenced in the Cardinals game. You can't leave pitches out over the heart of the plate with a 93-mile-per-hour fastball with a changeup that doesn't have the depth. If you're leaving a slurve up in the zone, opponents are going to hit that at this level. And that's another issue with Julio is the dip in fastball velocity. You've just seen it go down year after year. 2019, he was averaging 95.1 miles per hour on his four-seam fastball. 2022, it dropped to 94.2 miles per hour. 2021, it dropped to 94.1 miles per hour. And then last year was at 93.1 miles per hour. And this year, it's at 93. So if you locate that, it's fine. We see Clayton Kershaw do it all the time. As long as you're precise and you're working the edges, you can live with the four-seam fastball at that speed when you have filthy stuff like Julio Urias has. His arsenal is filled with the slurp, with the changeup. We know that he misses barrels and he induces soft contact, but at that velocity, you don't have the margin for error if you're going to be missing pitches and just missing your spots. And sometimes that's just what it comes down to when it comes to pitching in Major League Baseball. If you are missing your spots at that velocity, opponents are going to tee off, and it's something that he needs to correct. I do think there's something to be said about him adjusting to the pitch clock because sometimes he definitely looks a little fatigued out there. He looks like a boxer in the 14th round, and I think his stamina will pick up as the season progresses. And look, the good thing for Julio is it's still so early in the season that he can absolutely pick things up and still put himself in a great position to sign a big bag. Now let's talk about that bag and the kind of deal that he could ultimately sign. Because if he ends up getting back on track, carrying the Dodgers, finishes top three in the Cy Young, has a really solid postseason, if it's anything close to what we saw in 2020, then I think we could definitely see him signing a record contract. Now what kind of contract is he looking for? Well, just ask his agent, Scott Boris. Because Scott Boris, we know he likes to break records. We know he wants to be on that bottom scroller and he of course represented Steven Strasburg who after that 2019 World Series signed a seven year $245 million contract and when he signed that deal he was entering his age 31 season so what makes Julio Urias' free agency so unique well one he will be entering his age 27 season he is the first elite pitcher to do that since Greg Maddox 31 years ago because typically when you see pitchers especially ones that are drafted out of college they're entering their free agency in their late 20s sometimes in their early 30s you've seen examples with 
Garrett Cole went to UCLA. He hits free agency at age 29. Max Scherzer, David Price, guys like that, they're in their late 20s and early 30s. So this is a unique free agency in that, of course, Julio Urias, the former top prospect, he made his big league debut at the age of 19. To me, he's the pitching version of Bryce Harper and Manny Machado in that he entered so early you just don't know what kind of contract they're going to sign. Now, the big difference is, though, that teams, they don't like signing pitchers to long-term deals. They realize the return on investment is usually probably not going to be good. At some point, that contract isn't going to age well. But Scott Boris, he talked to Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. And it's a very interesting comments that he made. And we're going to dive into them right now. He said about the Dodgers and how they basically had him in kid gloves. They had him wrapped in bubble wrap early on in his career. Well, he said, I give Andrew all the credit in the world for sitting down and talking with us, Boris said, referring to Dodgers president of baseball operations, Andrew Friedman. The Dodgers followed a plan, a strategic plan. This guy was 17 years old in high A ball. They've done a great job. I'm happy they're getting rewarded for it. So a couple things that come to mind after reading Boris's comments are one, yes, the Dodgers did slow play Julio Urias's development. It has been six years since he had that shoulder surgery and the first the removed he is from that I think that teams are going to be okay with it but then two if you look at the innings that he's pitched in 2021 it was the first time in his career that he had surpassed 200 innings pitch in a season regular season and postseason combined he was fantastic he had a sub three ERA finished seventh in the NL Cy Young Award voting and then in 2022 really had his best year 175 innings pitched with a 216 ERA led the National League led the National League in ERA plus at 190, finished third in the Cy Young Award voting, actually finished 14th in the NL MVP voting, and that really was his signature season, but if you look at eight years in the big leagues, he's only really pitched a starter's workload twice, so I think that is something to consider. You can look at that in two ways. You can say, okay, that means he's going to have more tread on the tires. It means that they didn't burn him out, but also you could say that there is less of a track record of Julio being an elite starter for a long period of time. So this really could be his third year to prove that he's an elite starter in this league. That's why I think it's so pivotal for Julio if he does want to sign the second largest contract that a pitcher has ever signed behind Garrett Cole's nine-year $324 million deal that he has to go out there and perform this year if he really wants to secure the big, big bag. And it will go on to say Boris, mind you, is not about to cut the Dodgers a discount for acting judiciously with his client in his next breath he said he envisioned Urias as a modern day Whitey Ford brilliant when he was young brilliant when he was old Ford a Hall of Famer won a World Series game at 21 earned Cy Young and Series MVP awards at 32 and pitched until he was 38 his nickname was chairman of the boards so first I want to say after hearing Scott Boris talk for so many years I'm fluent in Scott Boris and my read on those comments is that he mentions Whitey Ford 
forward, performing in the World Series when he was 38. Well, that tells me he's looking for a 10-plus year contract for his client, Julio Urias. They're going to want to sign him a 10-year deal. And will the Dodgers consider doing that? The Dodgers, one, don't like signing pitchers for that long. And two, there is an injury history there with the shoulder. So we know that Julio Urias, he is the indelible mark from the 2020 World Series. He put the Dodgers on his back. He was flawless out of the bullpen, didn't allow a run, had a 1-1-7 ERA as a whole gift. Those two home runs there in the World Series Game 4. But he gets that big save in the clincher. He freezes Willie Adams. He went two and a thirds innings in that game. And they know how valuable a pitcher that he is. He also touched 97 on that pitch. And the velocity hasn't been the same since that World Series. So I think there's a lot of facts and factors when it comes to the Dodgers' pursuit of Julio Urias. Do I think they would sign Julio? I do. Do I think it's likely? I'm not so sure that it is. Now, it definitely could happen. I'm not ruling it out altogether. I think there is still a universe where Julio Urias ends back in L.A., but I think the biggest factor in all of this is do the Dodgers sign Shohei Otani? Because every baseball insider that I've spoken to feels pretty confident that the Dodgers are going to go all in on Otani. If they sign Otani to a five or $600 million contract, do you think it's realistic that they could sign Julio Urias for 200 to 250 plus million on top of that? No. And yes, you see teams around the league, they are willing to spend money on pitchers. They're giving out these long-term deals like it's Halloween candy. And the fact is, Julio Urias is going to be very attractive for a lot of teams. He will have a lot of suitors that are going to get in a bidding war for him. Teams like the Padres, teams like the Mets. I think the Rangers could be major players for him as well. They're losing some guys. Ivaldi and Heaney and some of these guys won't be there long term. And they realize that, hey, Scott Boris, the Texas Rangers, look at his clients. Simeon, look at Seager, him bringing his clients down there to Texas. It makes a lot of sense. And look, you just have to accept the reality that anytime a player signs with Scott Boris, he does so so he can maximize his earning potential. And will the Dodgers offer Julio Urias the most money? Will they outbid the Padres or the Rangers or the Mets or some of these other teams, even the Giants, some of these other teams out there? Do you think they're going to do that if they have Shohei Otani in the fold? I think the answer is no. I don't think that's really a difficult decision for this franchise because they have been committed to trying to make a run at Otani. That's why they've given themselves the financial flexibility and, and signed some of these short-term deals this year because they wanted to pursue a once-in-a-generation, a once-in-a-sport type player. And then Ken Rosenthal, he would go on to write in the piece, if the Dodgers land Otani, if the Dodgers land Otani, as many in the industry predict, Urias will be that much more enticing to the Angels, who are not always motivated to spend, and Padres who take offense at the mere suggestion of fiscal restraint. So there you have it. You got the Padres. You got the Angels as a destination. We know the Angels always need pitching. We know that their organization, I think, is shifting in a different direction to prioritize that. And then it's taking a long time. But look, the reality is Otani, his entire time with the Angels, not only have they not made the postseason, they've never had a winning season. So you look at the Angels, they realize that, hey, maybe we'll follow a different model. So maybe the Angels could be in the mix. And then, of course, the Padres, you're going to be losing Blake Snell. The Padres make sense as far as they're familiar with him in the division. They've seen the success that he's had against them. So, yeah, the Padres, I think, are a team that they're going to go after Otani. If they don't get Otani, you saw last year the money was burning a hole in their pocket. They made big-time offers.
offers to Aaron Judge over $400 million. They offered Trey Turner a big bag. They end up going with Xander Bogarts at 11 years, $280 million. They will not stop until they at least get the pieces to make a run at the World Series. So, yeah, it's going to be competitive for Julio Urias, and I think this mainly hinges on can the Dodgers get Shohei Otani, and if they can, I think the likelihood of signing Julio Urias isn't likely. But I will say that if you do want to see Julio Urias in Dodger blue, and I this really is counterintuitive, I kind of hate to say this, but him not having a great year this year might be the only way that it's a possibility. I, if he struggles this season, maybe that price goes down to the point where the Dodgers say, hey, you're an iconic player. You're beloved in this community. You've got the Mexican heritage. You're really carrying the torch from Fernando Valenzuela. I think it does make some sense, and I think the Dodgers do consider the marketing aspects and the importance of having Julio Arias in this organization. So I wouldn't discount that at all, but I also have a lot of faith in Julio. I think this guy is a grinder. He's a guy who's a competitor who is going to figure things out, and I do expect him to put together a really nice year at the end of the day. So I'm just trying to lay it out to you as a factual way. I'm not going to sugarcoat this in any way. The reality is, yeah, him coming back to Dodger Blue is unlikely if they sign Shohei Otani. Now, if Shohei Otani signs with the Mets or he signs with the Padres or the Mariners or some of these other teams, I do think the Dodgers will look long and hard at signing Urias because they are going to need pitching, especially if Clayton Kershaw retires. So, yeah, I definitely think there is a world where Julio Urias ends up back in L.A., but if they sign Shohei, all bets are off. I think that it is unlikely in that scenario. But let me know down below in the comments section what kind of contract do you think that Julio Urias will sign? I still think if you look at his age, he's looking at a 10-year deal worth upwards of $250 million just because of his age. I mean, you're going to get five years of a pitcher's prime, and that is something that really never happens in this league. So I still think he's going to get a big bag. It's just going to be the years are there. Maybe he wants even more than that. Maybe he wants 11 years, but I still think he's going to be okay financially. If he falls off completely and ends with an ERA north of five, maybe you see that dip and you end up anywhere from the 200 to $240 million range, something like that. But I still think that as a very effective left-handed pitcher, he's still going to get $200-plus million. It's just a matter of the years. But let me know down below. And also, do you think he's going to go with another team? And if you do, who do you think is the biggest threat? Is it the Padres? Is it the Angels? Is it the Rangers or Mets? Let me know down below. The Giants, hey, I would just kind of vomit. It's nightmare feel to think him in Giants orange and black. But, hey, we know how much Farhan Zaidi likes his former Dodgers. But let me know down below in the comment section. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. For all things Dodger baseball all season long, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. And if you want to see us post even more Dodgers content, you really want to support the channel, smash that like button. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home in a roaring
Sporting Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. 